Okay, quick. Finish the line. Period. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that is fill in the blank. Because my body's too blank for you, babe. Bootylicious. Good job. You did it. Wait, did I? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about that today. That was we're instinctual. Talk about Beyonce. That's my point a little bit. Um, but I have a much bigger point to make, too. But before we get to it, we are here. We're queer. Now give me my entertainment. So you said it was instinctual. So it was like in you like you yeah knew i thought i was being stupid saying it but i i i was like who's got the keys to the jeep vroom <laughs> it was just coming coming in hot right out of my brain hole <laughs> that that's the thing that's the thing about music it stays in you and uh and and uh you know parks itself and what's the word I'm looking for? Like manifest? That's not the word. It like it it grows. Ruminates. It ruminates. It does its thing in your brain holes. Um, listen, two a week ago or whatever, Beyonce's album came out, and it has been a wild ride since. Um, and I had a lot to say about it. Uh, first off, here's the thing. This is going to be a long winded uh, Beyonce podcast, so you know. You stick around because I think you might find some things interesting. My takeaway for this is not going to be whether or not the album is good or bad. That's an opinion that people can form on their own. My sort of thesis on this little podcast is why I think this is her gayest album of all. Like happiest. Absolutely. That's exactly what I meant by that word. You know what's... uh, I'm going to just digress for a second, but wasn't she on um, like... uh, Dancing with the Stars with the with the million the sweepstakes guy as a kid. What was that show that was like on in the nineties? Oh, you're, I've done research and homework, and I have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Now I feel thrown off. No, there's a show that had like Phil Murphy on it. Some somebody like that. He was the sweepstakes. Phil Murphy. He was the sweepstakes guy who said uh, who knocked on your door and said you've won publishing clearing houses sweepstakes that guy i think had a show like dances with the stars or starstruck or something and i think that she was on it as a kid and they were introducing her as uh, like uh and they didn't know how to say beyonce Oh, she and so references this on it. her on her prior uh, her two ago album. She references this moment and actually has the audio clip of it. Um, yeah, where they Beyonce call her like or Beyonce or something like that. I think Beyonce, it's Beyonce Knowles. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, I don't know the specifics of where that came from, but I did research once back in the day that it was just a, a competition. Yeah, yeah, it's what you're saying. It was a competition that she was a part of that she performed did well and they couldn't get her name right beyond Knowles, and i think what in the song she got like third place or something like that oh those other people must be making bank right now if they got first and second <laughs> right yeah they're doing great it's like who are they <laughs> it's like when you're in school and you have situations like that happen where people you know star athletes go nowhere and then the people who are like in the background are the ones who make it yeah who don't get the accredit uh, the the claim that they deserve deserve exactly because they or are the name pronunciation beyonce yeah i mean she should have grabbed the mic and just been like 
no, no, no. Like Just in like her that. song. No. <laughs> what is that one song her, is? I love it. I yeah. love that one song when she yeah, just says, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Oh, in, in the new song, in the new album. Yeah. Yeah. America has a problem. And she says, no. Yeah. And it's just full stop. It's, it's just, the best. no, it's so freaking good. So let's but wait. I, let yeah, me just go, finish go. this thought because I'm, you know, like we know American Idol as like creating stars but it's really like not a new concept. It was kind of like everybody thought it was groundbreaking at the time because you could like call in and vote for your stupids. Yep. But it's really like it's been here. It was in uh, uh, Eurovision. I wanted to say Wandavision. Eurovision. It was in Wandavision. <laughs> Wandavision. It was in this uh, mysterious. Vision. Yeah, this mysterious song or this mysterious show that Phil Murphy publishing Clearinghouse had. Starstruck. I think that is all wildly wrong, but no, it's- I think he, he he had a show. The publishing Clearinghouse guy had a show. He had those like square Coke bottle glasses, and he would come out and have. I think I think that Britney was on it at one point. Are you talking about Ed McMahon? Yeah, that guy. What so, was he did a show? I think Beyonce had a moment with Ed McMahon that fueled her success, but it yeah. all fueled her differently See, later. I know things. I'm telling you, it's a it's a thing. Oh, and now I have a virus on my computer because I went to the <laughs> website. <laughs> you want publishing clearinghouse? Wait, publishing or publishers? I have no idea. Okay, just I want to know what show did Ed McMahon do. Uh, like I need to know I I don't care about his I don't need his dissertation just what shows was Ed McMahon on I think he was on Conan O'Brien as like a co-host and that started him and then he went and he did like uh, that's a night show starring Johnny Carson yeah that guy whatever no that's the Johnny main, that's what everyone knows Ed McMahon as yeah but what about the he did the thing with the publishing clearinghouse that's the thing many people might remember actor and comedian Ed McMahon Best known as Johnny Carson's sidekick on The Tonight Show. And some people remember, remember him as a spokesperson or even the founder of Publishers Clearing House or even part of the PCH Prize Patrol. That's all I got. What is this show? I don't know. I'm so confused. It was like star something, star stargazers. Maybe that's what it was. And they looked in the, in the, um, in the sky for Orion's belt. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be. Yeah. You know, it's uh, not the name of the show. Why Beyonce's album is the gayest album she's released. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tell me, why is it so gay? Because they, it was, you know why? Because... Chris is actively, she, just so you know what's happening, Chris is what actively is. typing right now and googlies uh, are happening and he has no idea what to even type because he's typing Star exactly. Search. Oh my God, Elias, it's, I type in Ed, <laughs> I type in Ed M and it, and it auto completes. How did you not find this? I don't know. You saw what I typed in. It's Star Search and look, at 1983, there's, you can do this search yeah. on your own. There is the guy with the Coke bottle square glasses. There's stars everywhere. 
Coke I bottles, can't. square glasses. Yeah, Aren't look. Coke bottle glasses like ones that are like John Lennon style? They're like thick. Coke bottle glasses are. Oh, like it's thick. not the it's not the circle. No, I th- I think that if you cut the bottom off of a Coke bottle, oh. that's the glasses. That's why they call it. I don't know. I'm just. I'm giving away the farm today. <laughs> oh, I get it. But look, you're look at all these stars that he searched for. Everybody, I see. yeah, I see. He was even on Full House. You this can is, see that. Yeah, I mean, um, so we learned that Ed McMahon discovered Beyonce. Is what we're saying here. I think so. And do you know what it says down here? People also searched for American Idol and The Voice. I mean, I feel like I'm the center of the universe right now. (laughs) So getting back to your American Idol situation and how we think that there is no, that we collectively thought that was like groundbreaking, you know, like that's just how life was. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, it's just so fresh and new, but it's really not. Star Search existed. WandaVision existed. Eurovision existed. A little bit of what I want to say today revolves around the sampling that Beyonce expertly uses because, for example, in Body, My Body Sweet Bootylicious, the song Bootylicious, when I was younger, that song permeated my ear holes as de facto standard Beyonce Destiny's Child. Like, this is born from them. Yeah. And then later on in my life, Maybe a year or two after the song came out, I was in the car on the radio and someone had the music on and a song played and it was the beginning of Beyonce's Bootylicious. But then it never became Bootylicious. It was like an, a, a like a bait and switch. Another woman singing. Was it Muzak? And I'm like, what's going on? No. So this is, I mean, if people are still here listening at this point and they are probably past the age of like, 39 40 they're probably like laughing at me right now for even saying this but um stevie nicks's song i think it was edge of 17 is the sample that beyonce used for bootylicious so that constant bass thing that happens right at the beginning of the song that goes throughout the whole song yeah that is not destiny's child or beyonce's sample now at the time I felt almost like winded, like gut punched, like like you were. How robbed. dare I be exposed to something so wonderful with this idea that it's this artist and then it's actually not this artist? So, so a lot of my fascination in sampling and musical uh, sharing came from that moment. Honestly, I think it's a really fascinating concept, and I think that. Um they're like allowed to do this, right? Well, they have to ask permission. There's lots of legalities involved, which actually also gets us to the the other. But isn't there that one about. song that's the most sampled song ever, and it's like the yeah? And um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank on it now. I but, can't remember um, it. That song. Uh, there's a really great TED talk if anyone's interested in um, sampling. Uh, and and let's talk about what sampling is. It's when you take a song that already existed as brand new at a time and using certain parts of it with the artist's permission to uh, get something new out of it um i don't think sampling is something that can be done any which way i don't i'm not a musical recorder you know like an artist i don't know but uh lots and lots and lots of sampling happens i think in my also another big one question on like the legality of it i mean you can use others work as like as long as you cite it 
Yeah. And is that same concept then carried over? Like, do you in fact need to have permission and legality and like contracts and everything saying, yes, I can sample this? Or is it sort of just as long as you cite that this is where it was from, that no, it's I sufficient? No, I think I kind of want to say you need because then permission. there's like um, you need like legal permission otherwise you can get sued and there's but a couple like parody and creative interpretation of things is permitted under copyright like where you can do a right. parody of something right. so if you do your own spin on that is if that it's not, not a parody, sort of like a parody no it's not a parody you're not making fun of the thing you're trying to amplify the thing but we're allowed to make fun of something but then also understand i don't know that you're gonna keep going with these questions and i have absolutely no idea and i'm pulling it out of my ass no <laughs> idea what i mean you didn't go to law school before no. this this episode absolutely not um and the other thing is that uh I, I learned about sampling there's also another word that i've heard thrown out a lot at beyonce's new album called um, copy pasta in, in yes in inter interpol no interpolate is interpolate you, you yes. said that word but that's what that is is um that's a math term what does it mean in math it's like you have uh say like three points on a on an axis and you interpolate the the in between so you kind of like fill in the gaps okay so that kind of does add um to this it's i think with interpolation in music it's you take something that is a musical melody let's say and you reorganize the notes in the melody or take certain ones out or keep yeah so that, that makes that loosely sense because it's like you have in in a in math it's like you have discrete values and then you're kind of making it continuous and filling in the gaps in yeah. between those discrete points and so what happened in beyonce's latest album which i find super fascinating is that calice the artist who sang milkshake she uh beyonce asked where did they bring her where where do they bring it to? No, the milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, do do you think she still has that stand out there, like for the milkshake? I think because of what happened, she does, or she's looking. She's a dried up milkshake right now. I uh, yeah, Crusty, I think that it's, I think for probably a solid decade, it's been the milkshake has returned to slim fast powder form mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now in this moment it is like approaching mud like a pasty dough like you drop a, an eyedropper of water inside a can of slim fast and mix it around and Isn't maybe slim fast juicy like liquidy or are you talking about no, the powder? I think slim fast has powder and you just put it in like milk or water oh, i always thought they were the cans that <coughs> no that's v8 me. that's the that's the tomatoes stuff yeah yeah I that's the one that keeps you from growing going cross-eyed so Listen, i know all about the 90s and i'm gonna just keep dropping these bombs i also want to state that neither me or chris are in any way uh people who know what we're talking about in this field or topic so anything we say is not standard or factual it is just loosely our opinion of what we've read and heard so take that with a grain of salt but with this with the whole Khalees thing in a song one of her shortest songs on the album she interpolates something specific that is from milkshake um the, the boys uh, in the yard no la 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 you know that part ba -dum, yeah, sure. ba -dum, bum. she does something really loosely similar to what calice does and calice wait is it calice or calice 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 is the mother of dragons like beyonce 
instead of Beyonce? Exactly. And so Khalees was mad because Beyonce credited the writers and producers of the al- of that song, which were the Neptunes, um, like Pharrell. And in her album, she does credit the right people that she's supposed to credit. Something I didn't know is that if you are a perf- if you perform the song that was written for you, that was produced for you, that was published for you, you really don't have much of a say in anything. You're just a literal yeah, voice, that makes which sense. makes sense. I mean, because you know what? If somebody does a dramatic reading of Shakespeare in a coffee shop, I'm not going to credit them when I write an addition to like Shakespeare 2.0. So I'm going to credit Shakespeare. because well, Milkshake is Shakespearean then is what I think we're saying. Yeah. And yeah. Khaleesi is just a boring old coffee shop performance has been at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and so she got mad and like blasted Beyonce Beyonce on, on Instagram and got all, mad that like she wasn't credited and you know what beyonce did she's like all right fine you were getting paid because of the fact that you were connected to this song and i credited the right people so i don't know why you're mad but you know what you're mad fine pulls the interpolation of that melody it's gone so now there's a new version of the song, which if you listen to the two side by side, you're, you, it would be very difficult to really get the difference of what happened. So but the milkshake really didn't bring the boys to the yard. It was <laughs> no, it was, it was replaceable. It was absolutely replaceable. <laughs> and that's it. And it's gone. And I love that Beyonce did that because that just shows that. <laughs> this is that, now the like, second time that we've had this update and the poor people working in the studio have to work overtime I know. For I mentioned it. it in another podcast where at some point, where <sighs> is it that you can stop and claim that like this is the the end of the road for this album and like how you know it's not like software updates which is kind yeah, of it it's just is like theseus's ship or whatever yeah, it is. at some point where is the end point but uh she did it again because she released the song that had that same word that lizzo got her song um replaced by and uh she did the same thing so i'm beyonce happy did the same beyonce thing. did the same thing and i'm happy beyonce. that this uh exists for us as uh listeners but it i'm i think i'm more happy that it exists for the artists that they can do things like this and they're not just immediately written off or canceled or whatever yeah no that's good you were i cut you cut you off but you said that you're happy that beyonce something something what were you do you want to finish that thought or is it gone gone. it's off oh it's gone gone like i was just gonna say i'm happy that beyonce got to do like do that this is the beyonce show that we're living in right now this is not the Khalees show uh she's been there done that i mean yeah you have this greatest so then single whatever what is that conversation like between beyonce and pharrell though does she just be like does she call and say Sorry, your person tear, that you work with. Tear it up. Yeah. Don't need that contract. She's the final say in all of this, and so she's able to do that. So now, getting back to my original thing, because I want to definitely speak about this a little bit um, without running out of time, but um, what I'm fascinated by with this album, first of all, a couple of facts. This album is called Beyonce. Uh, well, th- that's the artist. Renaissance is the name of this album. She claims to have two more versions of this coming out. It's Beyonce Renaissance Part 1, and then we'll, I'm assuming assuming we'll have part two and I think part three. Um, the other thing, do you know who she dedicated this album to? And it absolutely you told me, but I love heart. it. Yeah. I, I love that she did this. So I'm going to read to you the liner notes that she has specific to uh, the person she dedicated it to. 
She says in the liner notes, a big thank you to my uncle Johnny. He was my godmother and the first person to expose me to a lot of the music and culture that serve as inspiration for this album. Thank you to all the pioneers who uh, originate culture to all the fallen angels whose contributions have gone unrecognized for far too long. This is a celebration for you. Aww. And separate from that, in 2019 at the GLAAD Awards, when she received uh, an award, she said, Johnny was the most fabulous, quote, the most fabulous gay man I've ever known. And he died of AIDS-related complications. So now, just to repeat a little bit of what I said there, she's saying that uh, to all the pioneers who originate culture, and to all the fallen angels whose contributions have gone unrecognized for far too long. Now, pause on that. Think about what I just said there. And most of the music that we're getting from this album is very dance-centric. It's very club, yeah, I think very that's house. like a nod to like Marsha P. Johnson and all of those 100%. Folks. Very, very much about ballroom culture. And really, you can argue that Marsha P. Johnson is 20 years later... You can connect the line to from Marsha P. Johnson to ballroom culture, ballroom culture uh, that I learned so much about from RuPaul's Drag Race, that I learned so much about from Paris is Burning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's so many folks who don't really know what ballroom culture is. And I guess, I, I mean, how would well, you I summarize it? Well, I think we actually it? started uh, knowing of ballroom culture from Pose. I'd say that we probably knew more of it from that. And then a lot of the things that Rue was doing yeah. made sense because we were exposed to it in Pose and we're like, oh, Rue does that. And then and we're we like, were oh confused. my God, Rue. Yeah. Is, we were literally, like, wait, did Rue like invent some of these things? But but what we didn't realize was that Pose was a story about the, the movie Paris is Burning, which was a real documentary about the ballroom culture of yeah. um, New York City. And then what Rue did was, since Rue really lived through that, he took that language, those words, those ideas, and put them into and the show. And monetized it. And yeah, really is what <laughs> happened. Um, but that blows my mind. And so this album is predominantly uh, you know, club, house, ballroom culture era and there's so many elements to it that are so gay really like bottom line i i'm so here for how much beyonce has leaned into this world how she's taken what has come beforehand sampled added reinvented and did some things that are it's like other folks other artists strive for even one or two of these albums or one or two of these songs that she's got on this album, but she did her homework. Yes, she did. And I'm going to blow your mind, Elias. The, so I'm just looking at some, uh, performers who were on star search, destiny's child, um, Aaliyah, Usher, um, the backstreet boys, Leanne Rhymes. Conan O'Brien. Do you see Leanne Rhymes on here? Yeah, I see it. Um, Sharon Stone. What is Sharon Stone doing on there? Showing Rosie her, O'Donnell. Her, showing her vagine? Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, this Sutton is Foster a, was on there. 1992 vocalist. Holy McMoley. That's wild. Justin um, Timberlake. Yeah, it makes I mean, sense at this point for all of for all of Britney them. Spears, junior vocalist. It's just... This is crazy i feel like martin lawrence 
These um, are all people. Lonnie Love. I mean, I keep looking at this list. I'm like, I know this person. And I don't know a lot of people, but I apparently know all of the contestants on Star Search. I think you do. I, am I a Star Search stan? I think so. I think you are a Star Search stan. And I think that you helped discover by Sinbad. proxy. You Sinbad helped, was on there. You helped discover Sinbad. I think I've. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention a few. You heard it here, folks. I discovered Sinbad. Yeah. Chris from the Airstreamers <laughs> podcast discovered Sinbad. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to mention a few names here, Chris, and I want uh, you to tell me if you know who they are. So we got Honey Dijon. Yes. T.S. Madison. Yes. Uh, Big Frida. No. And do you remember Robin S. from uh, Show Me Love era? Um, I know Robin. like with a- No, not the Robin that... Um- you're immediately thinking it's Robin S. Uh, so, oh, yeah, yeah, I do know that person. Yeah, so let me tell you, Honey Dijon, a trans woman, and she's a huge vocal advocate for trans rights and awareness. She is so totally in the New York City scene. On Peloton, we have, like, Maddie Majacomo and um, Cody who talk about her. Of as, like, honey, a friend. Honey Dijon? Of Honey Dijon. Like, they yeah, know her I did a, a run uh, recently yeah. of... I think it was all Honey Dijon songs. I love that. And I think that um, Beyonce using her in this, she, Honey Dijon helped produce the song Cozy. And that whole song is about being comfortable in your skin. And throughout like the second whole verse, she goes through each line of the progressive pride rainbow, each color rather of the progressive pride rainbow and sort of like just says something to it. And if you're, if you're not paying attention, you don't even realize that this is literally like a, like a huge queer anthem that she's singing. Yeah. Uh, and it's a brilliant mix of her beautiful vocals and this super awesome beat that exists. T.S. Madison, you know who that is? Yeah, the with the with the money. Yeah, yeah, she was on a million uh, episodes of uh, Drag Race as well too. She has a, a million quotes in it from about, about how uh, she loves being black and how the importance of her being black is, and um, that is a huge celebration of the progressive pride flag. And with Big Frida, that is in Break My Soul. That um, the rapper you hear at the beginning. The, mm. the main yeah. the main voice in the background yeah that's big Frida and big Frida is a huge American rapper and the uh, norm for the New Orleans bounce music scene um big Frida identifies as a gay man and is ambiguous about pronouns but n- has said before that he is a gay man and he just loves wearing women's clothing and dressing up um, with makeup and all of these things and uh, b- pronoun wise he prefers he she very uh, Jonathan uh Taylor Thomas or whatever his name is. Jonathan Van Ness. Van Ness. You know? Yeah. And the Robin S, the connection that I made is the sample uh, of the background of Break My Soul. If you listen to Break My Soul, that main thing that's happening yeah. is Robin S's like mix in the background. It's a huge celebration of um, combining Robin S's super famous gay song but and she's older now, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's I mean, like that, was, that like, was like the early two thousands that she was popular. Yeah, um, and then the the final thing I want to say is "Pure Honey" is a song that is a huge celebration of ballroom. And Kevin Aviance is the voice uh, that we first hear, and he's an icon of ballroom culture. And at the very end, there's a thing that the 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 name Miss Honey gets said multiple times over and over. And I said to you, I'm like, that sounds to me like it's a reference to Miss Vangie from Drag Race. But I'm like, that's cool that she's doing something like no, that. And it's then probably Mariah research, Carey. 
Nope, it's not that, or it's not Matilda's teacher. Mm. It is. It's Trunchbull. It's Trunchbull. It's a whole dedication of how Trunchbull went from pure. <laughs> that movie is so good. To honey. And, uh, <laughs> but it is from 1992 ballroom culture. So, like, she oh, is going just going in hot with the past and making it new again for all the little gay younglings that exist out in the world. Mm -hmm. And then the ball drops. No pun intended. And the other day, she releases a thing, uh, a track that is Break My Soul with Madonna. I mean. And Madonna's. And earth shook. Literally. You know, I think that uh, today is uh, uh, August 9th. I think I saw a news article that the earth had the shortest day ever. I did. And I that. wonder if it's because when this was released, the earth shook a little bit and sped up. Mm, I bet. I bet you're right. There's no other reason. There's no other way that that's not true. Yeah. That that didn't happen. And uh, in this out in this in this single, what I think is fascinating, it's Vogue's background which Vogue was a huge celebration of ballroom culture in and of itself. Probably the single thing that made ballroom mass marketed, right? Yeah. That's Vogue by Madonna. And then Beyonce asks Madonna like, Hey, can I use your song? Cause I have an idea. And so she puts break my soul and express and um, Vogue on top of each other. And in Vogue, she gets that rap that celebrates all those icons back in the day. Yeah. And Beyonce one-upped it by announcing uh, or rapping all of the artists in the black queer culture that are there now from really from like 20, 30 years ago to now. I love it. That's like an update. Absolutely brilliant. So she made the earth move faster. Yeah. You, I mean... Nobody needs to write any scientific papers on it. We already know the answer. We discovered it. We know yeah. why. Yeah. We absolutely know why. And it's because Madonna was, or Beyonce, Madonna ran so Beyonce could speed up the Earth's rotation. Right. It's. I think it's like when Sonic is running and then it's just yeah. going really fast. The ball, the globe is just rotating around a million miles an hour as he's running because he's just pushing off with his feet is that so why fast. this feels like we've been here for five seconds but it's really been like half an hour yeah i mean we're already at 30 minutes and we can't shut up i know it's wild it's so like we have uh, we're we're gonna have to unpack the next star search winner <laughs> on the next episode i feel like we need to we need to do we need to go into the archives and do our research like beyonce and we need to go back and see who was on star search and did well but didn't make it to the like fame level, seek them out, find them and work with them and be their manager Yeah, and just watch the cash roll in. That is a brilliant plan because we just determined at the very beginning of this, that when you don't give someone a chance, yeah, they will, I mean, at some gar point do if, well. If somebody's not doing that, it's it's a missed opportunity and I'm gonna swoop in and I'm gonna wow. make, I'm gonna go find, you know, all of these people out there. Beyonce Knowles, I can't get that out of my head. That was from the song Flawless in the album called Beyonce. That was that one that was before Lemonade. Mm -hmm. So Lemonade, which was 
brilliant. It, we, I could have a whole five podcasts devoted to you know. I mean, and then that for all the good that Star Search did, you think that they could at least know the names of their contestants? They're not having many people on. Have a phonetic spelling if they have a name that you don't know how to pronounce. I actually don't know how much more phonetic Beyonce's name could get when there's the little accent. accent. Well, maybe she did that after she got a Beyonce. Once she got Beyonce, it was an accent ever, ever since. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. And if you haven't and this is known culture, you know, like known part of the culture, then then we're dum-dums. Yeah. Listen, folks. Be known. Don't get Beyonce. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on one of those. You know her last name is Knowles. You could have gone B Knowles. Don't get Beyonced. Yeah. I'm gonna put it on one of those, either on a decal that you put on the wall, like as like a, in a coffee shop, like as a you live know, laugh love. Yeah, but it's gonna say, "Don't get Beyonced." Mm. Or I'll do like you know the the picture of like the beautiful forest. And then they have like the black frame and the white text on it. And it's like, don't get Beyonce. <laughs> like the Windows background. Yeah. <laughs> the Windows XP background. And at the bottom it says, don't get Beyonce. Um, and it's from the song Flawless. Because don't get Beyonce because you're flawless. Stand up for yourself. Oh, Jeez, God. Louise. Okay, we need to shut up because we we have to go do another stream where we talk for another three hours. <laughs> so we are uh, wrapping this up. Uh, listen, I told you that I'm not going to tell you whether or not this album is good or bad. You should make those decisions on your own. However... However, I can highly recommend it as uh, super enjoyable to listen to. And the more you listen to it, the more you uncover and the more sort of secrets you figure out along the way. And it's really freaking good. Um, so give it a chance and you might surpri- you might be surprised. And uh, with that said, we're going to go and uh, we thank you for tuning into another episode of the Airstreamers podcast. And we'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Bye. See ya. Bye.